but I had a choice. It was like, okay, but I'm either going to do it or I'm not. (laughs) And I'm just going to do it and just be present in the whole process. And, and that was the key on the hike is like just staying present, just breathing in and out and putting one foot in front of the other. Welcome to the Chasing Passion Podcast. My name is Dom and I'm your host. Each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing it. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. In this episode, we're joined by Sky Cowens. She's an LA-based video creator who became fascinated by health ever since she was a little girl. She began her career as a content creator in BuzzFeed and then went on to work with a UK-based biotechnology company called Fitness Jeans. She has also worked with a YouTube star Joey Graceffa in the past. Her YouTube channel Skylife explores the world of health and wellness where she tries all sorts of experiments and trends such as green juice, gut health, biohacking and even hiking mountains in a snowstorm with the Iceman himself, Wim Hof. On top of all that, she's a broadcast journalism graduate and a certified yoga instructor. In this episode, we talk about the documentary she produced with Yes Terry and Wim Hof we also talk about the past life hypnosis that she recently did and the various health trends out there and much more. Without further ado, please enjoy the episode. Sky, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. So I guess the first question I want to ask you is your background, who you are and what do you do, just to provide some context to the listeners. Sure. So my name is Sky, and I'm a video creator based in Los Angeles. I have a YouTube channel called Sky Life where I explore the world of wellness and I try all sorts of health and lifestyle trends and challenges and I explore the topics I'm most interested in when it comes to wellness and spirituality. That sounds amazing. And like what actually made you, you know, get into this whole wealth, health and wellness space? Because I know you were interested in health since, uh, since you were a young girl. And like what, what was the kind of initial spark for you to, you know, go down this path? Yeah, so I have been fascinated by what it means to live a healthy life since I was very young. I think I can I can remember being eight years old mm. and being really interested in eating healthy and exercise. And for some reason, I knew from a young age that if I was healthy, then I'd be able to do so many more things in life and I'd be able to really make the most out of life and do all the things I want to do and just be better at everything in general if I was super healthy. So I don't know why I somehow had that innate understanding, but I think a lot of it was also inspired by my mom who around that age of probably eight years old, she started getting really interested in healthy living. And she is a personal trainer, a fitness instructor, but she started getting interested in researching nutrition and she would sort of share it with me and my brothers. I have three brothers. They weren't Mm. that interested. Like they wanted to keep eating their regular food and whatever. Um, But me, I was super about it. I was really intrigued by everything my mom was learning And that's where the interest started. And since then, it's been a journey of continuous learning and experimenting on myself. And also growing up being an athlete, I was a soccer player. I started yoga to basically become a better soccer player and increase my strength and flexibility. And through a consistent yoga practice, it sort of just changed the way that I think. And it sort of changed the way that I see my existence and it's a whole journey from there but that was sort of the progression of my interest and I love what you said there you know like if if your health is not right like you're you're not going to function optimally so I think everyone's priority should be health everyone's priority should be like you know optimizing your health and just being the best possible version you can because like you're going to get so much energy you're going to be physically healthier mentally healthier and just going to perform whatever you do to the optimal standards I think that's really important It is really important. I think that, you know, we are waking up now more than ever to that reality Mm. and the reality that health encompasses pretty much all aspects of our life. It's not just what we eat and how we exercise. It's really our relationships, our relationship with ourself, our spiritual relationship with our existence, 
health and well-being is so all-encompassing and that's what I'm learning more now than ever and it's true that I can tell when I'm not taking care of myself I don't show up the same way in the world and with others and I I used to be someone who was chronically sleep deprived and that was the time in my life when I was the most depressed and I didn't like who I was and we have research now to show that certain things like that, especially sleep, can really affect our mental and physical health long-term. So yeah, I think it's just really important for everyone to sort of listen to their own intuition as to how they can feel healthy and happy so that we all can just be our best selves for each other. Yeah, I love what you said with the sleep. Like for me, the biggest wave call was when I read the book, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And ever since I read that book, I was like, holy shit, I need to, I, I need to sleep because like, this is so important. And like, you, like, like, you, you know, you see people like saying, oh, I sleep four hours a week or four hours a day. And like, oh, look at me, I'm working, working, working. But like, they're not actually working that effectively if you're not sleeping enough. I think that's so important just to sleep and, you know, because that's, that's, that's like, I mean, eight hours a day, like, or half, a third of our day, like it's for a reason. We need to be sleeping. Yes. The research is overwhelmingly clear at this point Mm. on the importance of sleep for every aspect of our health. And Matthew Walker is doing great work. And yeah, I've listened to some interviews with him and that was also for me a huge like, okay, the data is so clear. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I think we live, especially in America, there's a hustle culture and I think it's great to work hard, but (laughs) hours of work doesn't equal efficiency. So I'm always trying to improve my efficiency of work and my productivity. And when I take time in the morning to set up my day by doing all the things that make me feel healthy and whole spiritually, physically, mentally, and when I'm sleeping eight hours, I am 10 times more productive at everything I do. And I get so much more done in such a short amount of time. Mm. And just to segue a little bit, um, you studied journalism or broadcast journalism in Elon University. Um, what actually made you study or go down that path? Because like it's well, you're doing content creation now, which is I I can understand like the correlation there. But like, why did you initially choose that course? Wow, you've done your research. Great podcast host. You're crushing it. So yeah, I studied broadcast journalism at Elon and I decided I wanted to study broadcast journalism because for some reason I felt like my natural skill set would be best used in a career such as that. Mm. And I, I had a talk show in high school So my high school was awesome because there was a student media program. I went to a normal public school, but the local cable station, I grew up in Beverly, Massachusetts, and there's a local cable station called BevCam. And they had an affiliation with the high school where students could take classes about media creation and use their facility to basically make television for the local station. Mm. So Ever since I was a freshman in high school, those were my favorite classes where I would make videos and use BevCam's facilities to basically create shows for the local station that I don't think there was that many people watching it, but I I really love the process of making media action. So I had a talk show in high school my senior year with my friend Katerina called Chit Chat with Sky and Cat. It was super fun. We just had a lot of fun with bringing on guests who were just our friends pretty much and making all these little skits and getting creative with editing. And the show is like so, so bad <laughs> if I look back, but I just remember falling in love with that process. And I've always loved speaking in front of a camera to an audience and conveying effective communication. Like I've always enjoyed communicating a message and storytelling. So I guess I decided that, wow, news is a really cool industry. Mm. It seems really challenging and you're basically conveying a message and a story of real life and what's happening in the world. And I've always loved documentaries too. So 
I guess I decided to study that just because I felt like it was aligned with my natural interests and my natural skill set. So I studied broadcast journalism and I got really involved right away at Elon with the student media program. And I was a reporter for Elon Local News, our student newscast, and then an anchor. And I loved news for a lot of reasons. And all the skills that I learned studying broadcast journalism apply to everything I do now. It's just that at some point, I didn't resonate with the news industry anymore. Mm. And after doing internships at news stations, I didn't feel like I could go into that industry and wake up every day having to cover really tragic stories. And I'm too emotional for that. You know, I have so much respect for journalists because it is such a hard job. And I get frustrated with how much hate journalists get because from my experience, having studied journalism and being around a bunch of students who wanted to be in this industry because they felt like it was a public service to inform the public of what's going on in the world. It's so such an important job, but it is so hard. Mm. And the news industry is having a really hard time keeping up with new media. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of the increase in sensationalism and, you know, these, these companies, unfortunately, they are in the system where they're dependent on advertising revenue. And that's sort of what our entire like capitalist system in America is based on. But my point is that I just didn't resonate with having to do that every day, knowing that I don't think I would be able to handle it emotionally. And I wanted to be able to use all the same skills and align it with what I'm most passionate about. So I just saw that there was a huge opportunity in digital media. And I decided I can do pretty much everything I learned in school. I can still do all of it with just content I'm passionate about. And I can take a more of an independent route. And at the time, it was like a huge decision because it made, it was really scary to sort mm. of spend four years thinking you're going to go into this one industry and become a news reporter. And there's a track and it's a clear path. And then just take a completely different path right at the end. I'm like, oh, never mind. I'm going this way. It was super scary, but I think it was, I think that decision was so, like, I'm so happy I made that decision for myself. Yeah. And what's amazing is, you know, we have YouTube, we have blogs, we have podcasts, we have social media. And in a way, you are your own reporter. You are your own, like, you know, kind of news uh, news channel and you get to create content about what's interesting to you which is health wealth and or health uh, wellness and happiness which is really really cool and you went on to work to on buzzfeed as well you were the content creator there and then you also produced uh content for the yoga journal uh fitness jeans and influencers like joey Gracifa, who has over 10 million um subscribers but like what are the actual um steps that you took to get to that point like what how did you learn your skills and like what was the kind of um first step you took to get your foot in the door? Yeah. So I graduated college and I was super lost and I had no idea what (laughs) to do or what direction to take. And I was like, what did I do? Like I could have gotten a job in news and I would have been on my way and had a clearer path to follow. But no, I decided to take a path that was very unclear. And I was really lost I think when I first graduated and I just spent some good time really going inwards and just being you know I spent a summer at home just saving money working and spending all my time diving into myself and reading spiritual books practicing yoga meditating and at some point I just got a very clear I guess it was an intuitive gut decision or a calling okay it's time for you to take a huge risk and I moved to LA and that decision was probably like one of the scariest I've ever made but also it was such a gut feeling that okay you just gotta go and you have no idea what's gonna happen but just go Mm. and you're gonna be able to figure it out so I, I did I moved to LA with no plan or job just knowing hey I want to work in digital media and I want to do something in health and wellness 
I don't know what it's going to be, but if wow. there's any place to go in the world to do those two things, then it's Los Angeles. This is the Mecca of health and wellness and digital content creation. So I just put myself in the game of like where everything I wanted to do was happening. And I spent two months job hunting, going on interviews, networking, meeting people. And there was an internship program at BuzzFeed that was a full-time position of being an intern where you basically work the full-time hours, but you're an intern just in boot camp. Like Mm -hmm. you are the getting tons of hands-on experience, producing, being on set, being a production assistant, and then learning how to make viral videos. So when I heard about that program, I was like, I need to (laughs) get my foot in the door. So I applied to BuzzFeed, like I applied not to that program, but I had applied to BuzzFeed several times before. And I, I think I was applying to not the internship program, but other positions I saw. And then when I learned just from talking to people, Oh, the way you start is like start in that internship program. Um, that's where I really like put my energy towards and I did my best to, um, see who like network and see if anybody I knew worked there and I helped to get my resume to get seen. That's really important when you're trying to get a job is a lot often, oftentimes like resumes, they just, people don't even look at them, like get yourself, find a way to find a way to meet someone or connect with someone that can help at least get your resume to get a close look. So I got an interview. I went through the whole process of the internship uh, recruiting process. What is it called when you go to get a job? You get interviews. Like there's a whole process. Anyways, it was like a really scary interview with like five people. It was like shark tank. Right. All, like, <laughs> grilling you. <laughs> and, um, and then I ended up getting a position as an intern. And, um, this is a long story, so I don't know if (laughs) like how in depth you want me to go, (laughs) but I can give the short version. So, um, from there I ended up doing their fellowship program, which is basically the next phase where after the internship program, you can move on to the fellowship and you're basically doing the job of a producer where you're making one video every week for Buzzfeed, but you're not a full-time, like you don't have a benefits yet like health benefits and contract and but you're working full-time and you're a producer Mm. and then at the end of the fellowship then it's like okay every quarter there's however many spots for someone to come on full-time and then you get that shiny employee package with the benefits and and this is all changed by the way since I was there like two and a half years ago three years ago the entire company has changed, but at this time, that's what the was going down. So anyways, that's what I wanted so badly. Like I poured my heart into this job and I was so thrilled to be doing this type of work. I was like, this is what I meant to do. Like I, this lights me up, but it was super stressful. Not knowing if you're going to get offered a job And you're like pouring your heart and soul into something and trying to make it look easy. And also my sleep was not good then. So at the end, things got really stressful. And I'm like, shit, I literally have no idea of knowing if I'm going to get offered a job. But I felt super happy with the work that I did. Like I had really high performing videos and I got to make things I was passionate about and I was learning a ton. But then it came time where we got to, we were finding out, hey, is there a spot for me? And I wanted that spot so badly. Like I wanted to work at BuzzFeed long term. Mm. And there wasn't a spot and I didn't get offered a job. And it was the most crushing freaking thing in the world. Like my soul was so crushed because I thought I did everything I could to put 150% in and I still didn't get offered a job. And I was questioning myself for so long. Like, what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? I was asking for that feedback and it was literally like, oh, there's just not 
a position like you did amazing work but there and I wasn't getting any like transparent feedback and it was frustrating me I'm like then why <laughs> like um and it has a lot I don't know I don't know the details of why but it has a lot to do with budgets and maybe yeah. there were things that I wasn't you know that I could have been doing better I don't I still don't know mm. and I'll never know and I think in situations like that like we want to freaking our mind just like goes crazy our analytical minds trying to analyze every little thing that we could have done better to get the outcome we wanted and we want to change things but that is a vicious cycle and I learned eventually okay um nothing like I now this happened I have to be present and work with where I'm at and luckily you mentioned fitness genes I made a video at BuzzFeed about DNA testing for fitness and nutrition. So right. this is the idea that when you, t you know, our genetics influence how we respond to exercise and nutrition. And I made a video about it with a company called Fitness Genes. And the CEO, Dr. Dan Reardon, was in the video. And the video performed really well. And it, this was an editorial video. It wasn't branded or anything but it ended up giving fitness jeans a ton of business. Right. <laughs> so because of that video, the CEO, Dr. Dan, at the end of my fellowship, even before the fellowship ended, he's like, hey, if you don't end up staying at BuzzFeed, I need to hire someone full-time for video creation. Do you want to work for me? And I was like, if I don't get offered a job, then I'm definitely willing to talk to you. And when I didn't get offered a job, I was so upset, but I was like, but at least, <laughs> at least I can start working for someone else who is an amazing person. And this company is so cool. I get to learn about genetics and I get to learn about how genetics influence our health. This is so aligned with like everything I'm about. So I started working for him right away after the fellowship. And I worked for fitness jeans for a year and a half, making all their video content. And then I, during, you mentioned Joey Graceffa too. So I, at the same time of working for Fitness Jeans, which was, it was a full-time position, but I was working on my own hours because they're a UK based company and I was the only employee in LA. So I had flexibility with like when I would work mm. and I wanted to keep a foot in the world of YouTube and and in that scene, cause like I was the only media person at Fitness Jeans and I felt like I needed to somehow maintain my knowledge and like my network here in the LA content world. So I started working for Joey Graceffa, who is a YouTuber, as you mentioned, who is one of these OG YouTubers who has built an amazing channel and business with his, his, uh, his YouTube channel. And I love Joey so much. Like he is such a pure, warm person and we have the same birthday. We have, a lot in common mm. um and i worked for him for two years on the side of what i was doing with fitness machines right and that's when i also started my channel and i don't know how like looking back i honestly don't know how i was managing all of that because like now i'm doing my channel full-time and i'm like how do i can barely <laughs> keep up with it now <laughs> um but i just was i guess i was just highly motivated to create something that could express my own ideas and creativity because working when you're creative with ideas that you can't bring to life you literally go crazy and i loved working for fitness machines and for joey but my own creativity was still trapped and that's why i started my channel skylight because i needed an outlet to make the content that I wanted to make. Wow, that's an amazing story. <laughs> and like your your channel Sky Life and everything that you do, like creating content um on like you've been doing that over two years now. So like, you know, is that celery juice? <laughs> and oh, this is um actually this is just green juice with celery, kale, lemon, ginger, and apple. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm trying to keep my immune system strong right now because of what's the, going on. <laughs> the, the coronavirus, yeah. 
Uh, we'll yeah, definitely so. just to provide some context to the listeners. Um, we have a video chat, and she was just drinking some green juice, and I was like, "Oh, is that celery juice?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I drank celery juice yesterday. Yes. <laughs> so I was just going to ask, and um, you've been doing Skylife for over two years. You've been creating content about, you know, wellness, health, and so on. And what are kind of your biggest lessons that you took away from doing all your experiments, trying these different trends like celery juice and mm-hmm. just doing these various things? Like what are your kind of biggest lessons that you took away from all your experiments on all your content creation? It has been such a journey and I've learned so much. And that's been one of the most fun parts of this whole process is I never had any idea how much I would end up learning about not only topics in health and wellness, but myself. Like I've learned so much about myself. Mm. And the biggest thing I've learned, I think there are two main things. So I started my channel, like I said, to express these ideas that I had. And also it was just a deep curiosity of all of these wellness topics and trends that fascinated me that I wanted to sort of get to the bottom of. Like, celery juice was a big trend like does this actually work how is it going to work for me is there science behind it what is the research that we have like I was just curious to uncover some of these deeper these deeper questions and I think the biggest thing I learned I've learned is first of all this is I think obvious now and it's a kind of a given but our bodies are just so different and I've learned, you know, I learned that especially working for fitness genes, our bodies respond differently to so many different things. So something that works for me may not work for you. There's this concept of bio-individuality and we are all so different. Everything from like our circadian rhythms to how our genetics respond to certain type of eating to how we um, work out and exercise. And it's not just genetics affecting that, but there's so many factors affecting how we respond. Right. Um, So that's the biggest thing. And I've said that in pretty much every video that I've made. And the other thing is like, I started off really scientific in my approach and I'm still extremely fascinated by science and I'm like always skeptical of everything and just have questions about everything I try. There's always like a layer deeper (laughs) that I want to go, but I've just learned that you just can't explain certain things with science. Like science is ever evolving and it will continue to evolve for as long as humanity exists. So for example, meditation has been around for thousands of years and it was discredited by mainstream science for so mm. long yeah. until recently. Like now we have a lot of research to show how much it can help not only our mental health, but our physical health. Like mm. it can lower our blood pressure. We have that science now. So that's just an example of how science changes over time. And I I believe we're going to learn so much more about our mind-body connection moving forward. So I'm, I'm always skeptical of anything I try, but I'm, I also try and keep a fully open mind because who am I to judge anything without actually like understanding it. And even when I try something and I do this whole extensive like research process and I've experienced for myself, I still have questions. So I think I've learned that like the, there's so much mystery in life and health isn't about like figuring it out and knowing like the perfect diet to eat and how to take all the perfect supplements. And, Oh, I have to be so rigid and perfect in my health to be mm-hmm. healthy. It's not about that. Like health and well being. It's so much more about how we experience this world and our mindset towards it and being able to be lifelong learners and really valuing human connection. And we even have research to show that the people who live the longest, healthiest lives, they have the strongest social circles. And they're often just doing the simple things right, but they're not doing any crazy health trends. They're just living a simple, really good life with good people and appreciating and being grateful for being 
here on this planet and it's just sort of as simple as that but I have so much more to learn and like that's that's uh what lights me up that's I guess what keeps me going is just my genuine curiosity to explore all of it and which brings me to the other question that I had like you've done a lot of things you've tried a lot of things I mean you've done training with Wim Hof you've um, spent time with your urine drinking people you spent time with hippies and all these sorts of experiments you've done throughout your um throughout your life but I'm curious to know like what are you currently most excited about or just curious about at the moment good question <laughs> I'll look at my whiteboard with all my video oh you have ideas. a whiteboard okay <laughs> yeah um so I'm I'm working on some pretty interesting videos right now Right. I am in the midst of editing a video about past life regression, which is perplexing me. <laughs> um, and that video is coming soon, actually. But past life regression therapy is basically the process where a therapist or a psychologist will guide someone in a hip- hypnotherapy session to access memories of a past life. This sounds crazy it does but there's the whole reason how this came about was um the video is going to explain all this so I don't need to go so in depth but there was a psychiatrist named Dr. Brian L. Weiss who was a classically trained psychiatrist um who didn't believe in anything spiritual or past lives for that matter and he he was like, you know, he went to Yale medical school. Like this was, guy was just classical psychiatrist working with a patient who was having a lot of trouble with phobias and he didn't know how to help her. So he tried hypnosis and he wrote a book about this. He wrote many books, but in the book, he describes how she spontaneously started going into a past life regression and she had a phobia of water and she remembered a past life where she drowned to death. Oh and when God. she remembered this, memory from a past life allegedly she the phobia was gone and so this really confused dr wise he started doing this more with this patient and then started doing it with hundreds of patients throughout his career and he's written books documenting all of these past life regressions and patterns he's seen and like people like really weird things where people will be able to speak a foreign language that they don't know how to speak in this lifetime, like in a regression or people having physical ailments that are healed from remembering the root cause of them in a past life. So there's that. And then there's been studies on children uh, remembering past, past lives, uh, early, early childhood, like two years old, this, you know, there's been um, at the university of Virginia, a whole research department dedicated to studying these children. And they have thousands of cases of this, So this is, I did a past life regression hypnosis, which you can see in the video, but then there's, um, I, I found studies that, uh, say that like explain logically how this could all just be the imagination making things up. So it's super, uh, it's making my mind just like go in a pretzel because on the one hand, there's like some really spooky, weird sort of cases and research being done by different researchers and psychiatrists and then on the other hand there's research that shows well maybe this you know is just sort of the imagination and I think maybe there's I don't know what the answer is um I really have no idea I just am trying to be objective in sharing what I learned and I think that's like (laughs) what I'm gonna have to do as I move forward because I'm I'm starting to cover like some pretty out there topics like that um that at first glance you're like what but then you go deeper there's like a lot to sort of learn wrap your mind around and I don't yeah I don't have any type of definitive answer as to like do I believe past lives are real I don't know I'm just putting out the information objectively Mm, to let people decide for themselves well that sounds super interesting I can't wait to watch that video and like you said, you've been under hypnosis yourself, under this um, past life hypnosis. Like, what did that process actually look like? Because I remember, like, I went to uh, hyp- hypnosis shows, Keith Barry, and I was just amazed by the whole, you know, 
the whole process of being hypnotized and you know uh, implanting thoughts into people's minds but like what was your experience with being hypnotized because i'm so curious about that yeah so i did i have a video i already posted where i got hypnotized that was basically like stage hypnosis right just because I, I knew I was going to be doing the past life regression and mm. I needed to warm up somehow because I had never been hypnotized. And I I am someone who I don't think I'm very hypnotizable. Like I've tried to do um, some of this stuff before, never like one-on-one with a hypnotist. I did go to a hypnotist once and I decided not to do it because I was too scared <laughs> because you are in a suggestible state. But the way this hypnotist described it to me when I did the stage hypnosis was like you're always in control um and he was really empowering because he basically was like no you're creating the experience in your own mind i'm just getting you to a state where you can have an experience you didn't think was possible and at first i was over analyzing everything and it it was not working like i wasn't i didn't feel hypnotized it wasn't working And I wasn't, and it's not because I didn't want it to, because if you go into it being like, this is fake, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're going to prove yourself right. But if you can, if I go into any situation like that, I've already, I'm already limiting what I could learn. So I, I, I didn't want, I like wanted it to work, but I couldn't get there. And then the hypnotist just did tons of activities or techniques with me to get me out of my head. And basically he just confused my analytical, logical mind so much that I let go. I was like, I'm too confused to think anymore. So I'm not going to think. And then I was able to have this hypnosis experience. And it was weird because I felt like I knew like what was going on. I was conscious, but I was having this really cool experience So after getting hypnotized for the first time, I felt like, okay, I kind of like get, I get it now. Like I got to just let go. Like if I want to actually experience something, I can't be overanalyzing it, but that's what the brain wants to do naturally. So I go to the past life regression hypnosis and this psychologist was awesome. She made me feel really safe and comfortable and she definitely knows what she's doing. She trained with Dr. Brian Weiss, the guy who wrote all these books about it. So she, uh, she led me into this past life hypnosis and we go back to childhood memories first. And I can like, I'm not going to go too in depth because the video is going to have all the details, but basically I access these early childhood memories and then she guides me into this past life regression. And it was weird because I, it was sort of, um, blurry. Like I was seeing, it was like a dream state but the emotions became so real. Like it was really emotional and really intense. And I'm like, how was like, what is going on? And um, I started remembering this past life, but again, I still don't know like if that, if it is a real past life, my soul actually experienced, or if like my memory was just generating some type of scenario that I thought was my past life. So the video will basically break down this whole process, everything I learned. Like I spent a lot of time researching it and we don't have pretty much, we don't have any real science on this. We have like one study that's interesting, but other than that, there's not, there's research, but in terms of like scientific studies, there's really not that many, (laughs) Yeah, like I think what's very interesting is you mentioned earlier on, you know, meditation, like it's been done for thousands of years, but only recently scientists caught up with the knowledge of, you know, meditation is actually helpful. Same with uh, what Joe Dispenza is saying with law of attraction and stuff like that. And now, you know, now with this um, hypnosis and your past life, I feel like like I used to be so skeptical, you know, about all these things. I used to, I thought if, if it's not scientifically validated, it must it, like it's it's definitely not true. But I'm definitely on the other side of that now because, like, it's, like, I mean, there's so many things out there that we just don't know about and science just needs to catch up with it. So I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I I sort of feel the same where I used to just need to see literature to mm. prove 
something to me, but the mo- the biggest thing I've learned when you actually start to like study our existence, um, we are so teeny freaking oh, tiny oh, yeah. <laughs> compared to like this vast universe. Yeah. How do we think we're like, how could we be so almost ignorant in thinking we could somehow have all the answers based on a scientific method that isn't even that it's like pretty young compared to (laughs) how old the planet is and how freaking old the universe is. So um, again, I think it's important to question everything and not just be gullible into believing whatever, because that could put you in a position for being taken advantage of. And I've seen a lot of bullshit in the spiritual wellness space, Mm. but at the same time, I think as soon as we close ourselves off to possibility of anything, like we're closing ourselves off to really learning and, and we're closing ourselves off to like so much wonder and mystery and magic that could possibly exist. So I just try and be open to it all. And I don't really have my mind made up about a lot of things. Yeah, I think that's the right attitude to have. Because, like, I mean, like you said, there's so many things to try and just do. And, like, if you're not open to it, you're naturally going to disagree. You know, you're naturally going to be, like, skeptical about everything. But, like, if you just kind of, like, have an open mind about all these different things that are happening, I mean, I think you can learn so much more. Yeah, and our perception is truly our reality. If we think about, if you think about yourself Mm. as a human perceiving the world in a certain way based on the experiences that you've had in this lifetime and all the things you've learned. And even from early childhood, you've been influenced by your environment and the things you've been told and the way you've been programmed, you know, from a young age there, we're just experiencing this, whatever this is. Mm in our own way. And that's why, you know, our perception is reality because our all, every single person on this planet has a different perception of what's going on here. (laughs) Completely different. Like the way I see something, I could look at a, a bee and be like the same bee. That bee is so beautiful buzzing around pollinating these, you know, pollinating everything, moving from flower to flower, helping, us would get food and whatever i could see how that bee is connected to literally everything on the planet in our food system and then someone else could be so fearful of the bee and run away and say oh i don't want the bee to sting me or whatever like it's the same bee right yeah. with a different perception of the exact same thing yeah oh 100 like yeah because like we all have different um ideas and uh, different kind of um things that are, are told to us by authority and i like to go back to your videos and um, like I've, mm-hmm. you've done a lot of cool stuff and i enjoy all your videos but perhaps one of my favorite videos is your documentary that you produced with yes theory and it's called becoming superhuman with iceman and that was basically where you hiked up the tallest mountain in czech republic which is just on the border of poland in a snowstorm and you were wearing minimal clothes so you were just wearing shorts and a sports bra so like how what was that experience for you and like how yeah what was that experience for you like what were the challenges kind of I guess yeah, I just like to know your thoughts on it because like it's really really cool yeah wow that experience honestly I learned so much I learned so much from that because honestly that was I would do it again in a second like, really I, yeah um And since then, I sort of got addicted to cold. And I used to hate the cold. And now I feel like living in LA, I almost want to move somewhere (laughs) with winter. And I took a cold shower this morning. And I do ice baths. And I anytime there's like a cold body of water, like my body wants to go and be in it. So that's just really interesting how I went from hating the cold to now craving it. 
Um, but that's just one thing I've noticed over time since doing that. But during the whole experience, to be honest, I was terrified. And I was terrified, not just because of what we were doing and being the only female being like, shit, I gotta, I have to do this and I don't know if I can do it. And I'm so scared. But also, Yes Theory has inspired me since I found their channel. And when I found their channel, I was so excited because I felt like, oh my goodness, these guys are making a huge impact on the world through this platform. And I just loved everything they were doing. So to be with creators that I literally had on a pedestal and like I was getting major imposter syndrome with, <laughs> um, that was, I, I was oh, overthinking everything again, like my analytical mind, like going straight into, I, I felt like it was hard for me to be myself, not because of them, but because of my own uh, social anxiety being around. I, I don't think I have trouble. Like in general, I can be pretty comfortable with myself. Right. But when I get around people, I like really admire, like, Oh, I look up to them because I, I really admire what they do. I, it's not like a starstruck thing. It's more like, Oh, I just, I get the imposter syndrome of not feeling good enough. So I was dealing with that a lot at the same token of like having produce producing it and sort of setting up the experience with Wim uh through his son and their and the business uh I was like oh my gosh what am I doing like I don't know what I'm doing and I felt so responsible for like everything going down because it was obviously you saw in the documentary like not what we expected <laughs> So I was in my, my head a lot and I think it was, yeah, it was hard for me to get out of my head. And so the whole time I was like pretty terrified of what we were doing and of like the whole situation. <laughs> so um, I, I think I regret, a, I, it's not that I regret because I learned so much, but now I think I learned that, you know, that it's not really about me. It's okay. How can, if I'm going to work with anyone again, if I want to bring my best self forward, how do I need to show up? Like I got to get my freaking shit out of the way. Like, it isn't about that. It's about how are we going to work together to create the best piece of work for the mission that we're wanting to share the message we're wanting to share. And I think, it ended up coming together in that way. And that's how I was able to like get through it or whatever, or just keep coming back to that. But um, yeah, that documentary, the whole process, I just learned a lot. And I think I learned to not, to, to really know my worth, like not quiet myself in those situations, even when I feel the imposter syndrome. And I think it was a really amazing practice in me doing something that really scared me and doing it anyways, even though I was terrified. <laughs> wow. I have no idea. Like, you know, you, you felt that way about it, but, um, like, I think, I think that everything you, like the whole production was amazing. Like as a, as a viewer of the documentary, it was honestly like really, really good. Um, and I really enjoyed watching it, but, um, like what was the hardest part for you? Cause like that looked very tough. Like, I mean, you were climbing the mountain in a snowstorm with just minimal clothes. Like that's insane. Like most people looking at that, they were just like, Oh, you're, you're crazy. So like, what, what was the hardest part for you, you know, during that challenge? I think the hardest part was letting go of expectations I had about what it was going to be. Right. Okay. Because I was so excited to go and do that whole journey and film the doc. And I had, you know, I'm looking at my vision board and I had Wim Hop on my vision board, like two <laughs> years before I, it was even in like possible for this to happen. So I was super excited about the whole thing, but then everything just turned out what, not what I thought it was going to be. And that was a huge lesson 
And that was hard for me because I'm somebody that does have, I, I like to, con- I like control. Like I like to control things. Cause I, 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 it makes me feel comfortable. Right. Okay. And I think we all like, like I'm really organized and, um, I like to plan things. And that was not really the way this went. Like I thought we were going to go and it was going to be similar to the vice documentary where we would learn the method, the Wim Hof method over a couple days, we would train, we'd like gradually build up to things. We'd really like dive into the training to prepare for this hike. And if <laughs> you saw in the documentary, He's for a, yeah. that's not what happened. <laughs> so at first I'm like, this is going to look so crazy to everyone on the internet. And this is not going to be good for anyone. And like, this is, this is not good. Like I went straight into the judgment <laughs> of the whole situation and, and freaking out about, I, how, like, I thought that I had some type of, I we had some type of plan no nope. it was out the window and I, I had no control so I had to let go of control entirely and my expectations were just like shattered and that was that was the hardest part but I had a choice it was like okay but I'm either gonna do it or I'm not <laughs> and I'm just gonna do it and just be present in the whole process and and that was the key on the hike is like just staying present, just breathing in and out and putting one foot in front of the other. And my breath was everything during that hike. Like I remember just every moment I was just feeling my inhale, I would like breathe up here through my nose so mm. I could feel it. And I was just feeling my breath in and out and the level of presence I had to I had to really drop into to make it that taught me a lot I mean I I, I would say it's amazing just looking back at it and you know saying wow I did that you know I think that's really really cool and it's something I actually want to try as well and yeah. you are big on routines and just oh maybe maybe you're not but I, I assume you are uh do you have any routines that you follow closely uh perhaps morning routine evening routine do you have any routines mm-hmm. that are designed it's funny you ask because i just posted a video about my morning routine my current morning routine because of quarantine happening right now and I, I felt like that was something people were maybe struggling with. Like, how do we adjust to being quarantined, being home all the time, working from home? And how can we develop some type of routine to make us feel healthy mm-hmm. and make us feel like our best selves so we can make the most out of the day? So I sort of made a video about what I'm currently doing. But I will say that about routine, I have routine, but I'm not rigid in anything I do. And... I, I've been learning a lot more about this recently, but in the biohacking world and in this self-improvement world and like the productivity world, there's a lot of this talk of like develop the 5 a.m. morning routine that's going to change your life. But if we actually look at that closer, um, there's a difference biologically between um, between men and women when it comes to our biological clocks. So Men have the 24-hour biological circadian rhythm. Mm. It's a 24-hour clock that repeats every day. Women, we have a circadian rhythm too, but we also have something called the infradian rhythm that's based on our 28-day cycle. And our hormones fluctuate throughout the month. So how we feel and how we're sort of moving through life is always fluctuating based on this infradian rhythm. And so some women find it frustrating and tiring to sort of like try one of these biohacking routines and then they get even more tired and fatigued and they're like, why is it not working? And often it's because maybe that time of the month, this routine wasn't the right thing for you. So women tend to need to be a lot more intuitive with shifting how they how they develop their routines. And so I, I sort of work with that, that intuitive biological rhythm 
But for the most part, I, I do need some type of morning routine to like set me up for the day. And right now it's been, it's been something called, uh, the first thing I've been doing, it's called the morning pages. And it's something I learned from Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way. I listened to a lecture by Julia Cameron in, actually it was in my, um, my health coach school. I'm becoming a health coach and I'm doing a year long school uh, online. And Julia Cameron gave a, a lecture about the morning pages and basically it's stream of consciousness writing. So the first thing when you wake up is you write three pages front and back, but you don't think about what you're writing. It's just stream of consciousness, like write whatever. And it's great to do first thing because your analytical mind hasn't turned on yet. Hmm. So you can write freely without overanalyzing it or worrying about how it sounds. And this has been so awesome for me. I have been addicted to this. And it's something I feel like I have to do now every morning because it just really helps me like just dump my brain out. And then I can notice sort of patterns that are coming up or things I keep writing about. And it's really great for the creative process. So that's been something that I've loved doing. I've also been meditating every morning because I did um, a video. Well, I'm working on it, but the video will be coming out soon where I did a 40 day meditation challenge with Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations and um, his meditations are kind of long. They're like 45 minutes to an hour. And um, so I've been meditating in the morning as well. Um, But before, like I had a really hard time. I think I was meditating a lot, but not, it wasn't like, Oh, every day, in the morning, I'm meditating. Like I had a really hard time with like consistency. So I sort of use doing a video as like a accountability to develop some type of consistency. So that's sort of what I'm doing right now. But the video I posted about the morning routine breaks down like a lot of other things like doing a little yoga sequence. And um, I when I do the morning pages, I listen to classical music. And I've been doing... Yeah, like I love, I love celery juice. I'm um, a shameless celery juice fan. <laughs> um, and what else? I think it does, it does fluctuate though for me, like based on what I need. But the morning pages, I say is something that feels like I can't not do it now. <laughs> right. And you mentioned Joe Dispenza, and I've heard about this guy through Lou's House podcast, and I, I think his work is really, really cool. And it's all like kind of based on law of attraction and stuff. So you've you've been doing you've been doing these meditations for what you said forty days or so. Um, like what kind of lessons did you learn from doing these meditations? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Doctor Joe Dispenza meditations are really interesting, and. I went to a workshop he did at the Gaia Sphere. This was in October. Right. And I made a video about it. And then I wanted to see what would happen if I actually committed to doing these, you know, consistently. Mm. And so what I learned is, um, well, I learned that I easily fall asleep during meditation. <laughs> um, but also... It's 40 minutes. I, yeah, right? They're so long. And they're super like mystical. So I just like drift off into a dream world. But anyways, um, I really think I've noticed like how powerful it is to actually take that time and how much it's changed my default state. Like I'm not the kind of person that easily wakes up thrilled about the day. Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, oh, oh, like my... I think our default state as humans can often be less than ecstatic. Like, so I, yeah. um, I think it's taught me that by putting in that good time and like committing to your practice that you, you can influence how you feel like you can influence your natural state and choose one that benefits you hmm. and like 
one of the things that really interested me is about the whole law of attraction because like joe kind of focuses on you know uh the future state so instead of thinking of your past state uh think of all the things that you want to attract into your life that you want to manifest into your life but i've also been doing meditation morning and evening 10 minutes a day well 20 minutes in total and i tried to do that and it's following mindfulness meditation so following your breath but i'm curious to know like which kind of meditation should should people follow which one is more beneficial like focus on the future or focus on the present like for me personally i think like one of the biggest kind of things i learned over the past few over the past year thing is just to focus on the present moment because that's like there's no future there's no there's no past just only the present and if you're happy in the present moment if you're just genuinely you know being aware of your body of your breath and just not not having any thoughts i think that's huge for me so like the question i have for you is like what's the difference between like kind of future meditation and being present meditation if that makes sense as a question mm-hmm. yeah actually it's a good question because i started studying dr joe a little more and I think that might be a misconception. So basically what he's saying is you think you want things in the future because you want how it's going to make you feel, right? Like we think we really want a big house and a nice car and success because we want the feeling we think that's going to bring. Like a feeling of, of confidence, a feeling of happiness, a feeling of fulfillment, Mm. So what he's doing is not necessarily saying to focus on those things we want so we can manifest them. It's more like, how can you feel that that feeling now? And how can you align with that state that you desire to feel at some point in the future? How can you actually feel that in the present moment fully? And thereby, if you align with that feeling in this quantum theory he sort of talks about, then in infinite in the infinite present moment actually dr joe like he goes really deep into this whole theory of past present future like aligning in one like it's all in this infinite present moment like all moments are now right because right. what is time time is like right so anyways um he sort of it's pretty complex when you start going deeper into <laughs> it but it's more like how can we feel how we want to think how we think we want to feel in the in the future how can we actually develop that feeling in the in the present right um and then so when it comes to what meditations are sort of the most beneficial or the best honestly you could look at research as to like i'd have to dive deeper into research as to what's been scientifically proven to be most beneficial but i i would say the the better approach is to just try a lot and see what resonates with you because it will be different for everyone. Like some people are going to resonate more with a mindfulness meditation practice or like following breath. Some people are going to want more of the cosmic like manifestation Mm. ones from Dr. Joe. Some people will like singing mantras. Like I love singing mantras and doing like a singing meditation. So it's going to be different for every person. And And the best thing is to just experiment to find out like what really resonates with you the most, what gets you excited to meditate one and what um, do you feel like is making the most of a difference in your life? Right. So just experiment and try it out for yourself. Um, I know you're short on time. So do you mind if I just ask a few rapid fire questions and then we can finish up the podcast? Sure. So I guess um, when it comes to books, uh, what are your most gifted or recommended books? Do any like one to three books come to mind? The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle, and The Alchemist is my favorite book. I love The Alchemist. And let's just say there's a billboard and this billboard is displayed to millions and billions of people. So let's just say the entire world can see it. So let's just say there's a guy, he's walking along the street, looks up at the sky and he sees this big giant billboard there. And what message would you put up on that billboard for the whole world to see? Oh, that's a really hard question. Um, I think there's a really nice quote that I want to look up, but I don't want to get it wrong. So I'm not, I'm just going <laughs> to, okay. I think it would just be, we have the power. 
we have, we the, have power. the power there's a lot of meaning in that and if you could choose three things for the rest of your life in order to ensure that you have optimal health what would they be three things yeah three things so it might be like and um, like let's say from all the experiments that you've done so far uh like what kind of like let's just say like celery juice is a thing or like three things oh. or three um three essentials for essentials yeah the rest of my life yes okay. that's the one good quality sleep mm-hmm. um strong healthy relationships with family and friends and uh, now i'm like nutrition or movement oh no three things and then it would be yeah i think it would it would be yoga my yoga yoga and meditation practice okay and what is something you believe in that many others would disagree with you on <sighs> hmm what's something i believe i don't have too many beliefs um <laughs> I don't have too many strong beliefs, so maybe people would disagree with me on that. Um, no, I think <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I think I think that I, I know other people might agree, but science would disagree with me on this. I do believe the soul is eternal, and I don't know if it's because I know it for sure. But it's because I choose to believe that because it helps me make the most out of my life right now, believing that my soul is going to journey onwards. So do you mean the sense that when you pass away, your soul continues, like continues on? Because like, that's that's a very interesting thought. Yeah, I I choose to believe that, you know, when I pass that this part of me that is beyond my physical body or just my brain interesting it will go on different adventures in other dimensions and maybe if past lives are real it comes back for another human life to learn but i just choose to believe that you know my soul is beyond my physical body and it's going to go on many adventures for eternity that's that's fascinating and what is your definition of chasing passion my definition of chasing passion it is endlessly following your heart's deepest desires and curiosities and having as much fun as you can along the way love that answer well sky i think it's a good opportunity to finish up the podcast um, but before we do where can people find you well, you can check out Sky Life on YouTube and follow me on Instagram at Sky Cowens. And I made a TikTok during quarantine, so you can yes. check me out on TikTok too. <laughs> and yeah, I'll definitely link all these in the show notes. Um, so make sure you follow Sky. And is there anything else you want to say, mention, anything at all? Well, I always say at the end, this at the end of my videos, and it's what I sort of put on the billboard it's just we have the power to thrive and we have the power to live our best lives ever no matter what's going on in the world we have a choice always as to how we react and respond so that's what i want to say and this was awesome thank you so much for having me it was so good to be here sky thank you so much thank you so much for listening to the episode and i really hope you enjoyed it you can find all the show notes on the website chasingpassion.ie. That is chasingpassion.ie. If you're looking to support the podcast in any way, I would really appreciate if you could leave a short review on Apple Podcast, and this would literally take about 60 seconds and it will help the podcast grow in so many ways. You can find the link to Apple Podcast in the episode description, or just simply search Chasing Passion on Apple Podcast, and it should pop right up. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. It means the world to me. I really appreciate it and yeah, just thank you so much and have a great day.